Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. Les Brown, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, the reason that I'm in this industry is because of one man and one man only. Uh, back in 1989 or 1990, I was sitting up in a, <coughs> a two-bedroom apartment uh, in the uh, south side of Chicago uh, watching the rats and roaches uh, crawl by, watching a PBS show. I happened to be uh, glanced uh, glanced up and I and I saw this guy walking back and forth in this in this really highly tailored suit and he said if life knocks you down try to land on your back because if you can look up you can get up and it was Les Brown and I said oh my god I want to do that who is this guy I've never seen a motivational speaker before and that was my first time ever witnessing the magic and the awe of this powerful man that is on the call tonight Mr Les Brown, thank you so much for gracing us uh, with your presence tonight. You're very kind. I mean, it shows that five hours go a long way. My brother thinks I almost hit you ten. Let me tell you, man. You don't have to worry. You don't have to pay me to promote you. I will do that pro bono any time. Um, you are as what I call one of my forefathers, and that was Les Brown, Zig Ziglar. Dr. Dennis Whaley and Brian Tracy, but you were my first, and I remember uh, someone flipping me a tape and saying, you've got to listen to this guy, and I did, and then I just accidentally happened to see you on PBS, and I think the rest after that was history. I was working with Indigo Maga Paper, I believe, at that time, okay. and I said, how can I talk to this guy? And I, I remember the first time I met you, I, I think I was stuttering, and I said, hey, Mr. Brown, <clears throat> Um, what is the secret of success? And you said, well, young man, what you do is you take an assessment of yourself and you go back and find a need in the market, and that's what I did. And so, you know, however many years later, here I am with you again. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> so, Les, tonight our theme is going to be talking about wealth consciousness, how to have a wealth consciousness. And over the years we've talked on many times on this, but I would like for you to tell the listeners, what is it about, uh, you, you, you told me one time that one of the hardest things for you to do was overcome the poverty consciousness. Could you address that? Well, even before getting to dealing with poverty consciousness, I think that um, one of the, the, the most important first steps in, in developing wealth consciousness is that first step that I talked to you about, and I think it's really uh, a, a very important and critical step, and that is the the, the whole step of assessing yourself, mm. of looking at yourself, looking at where you are in terms of your life, and asking yourself, is this really working for me? Mm -hmm. Pardon me. Is my life giving me what I want? Um, can I do more than what I'm doing? I bet you if I ask the people that are listening on this phone right now, uh, 
do you have any major goals? I'm sure everybody without question on the phone will say yes. That's why they're on the phone, mm-hmm. because they have some major goals. So goals above and beyond the average person. Then the next key question I will ask them, I will ask them, let me ask you another question. If you had your life to live over again, could you do more than what you have done thus far? Mm. Most people will answer yes, if they're honest, because all of us feel in our heart of hearts we can do more. The reason that we're seeking out coaching and information is because what I feel that most people uh, have enough energy, enough awareness to go so far, and then we plateau out, and we need some coaching, we need some assistance, we're looking for some keys that can give us a breakthrough that can take us to another level. Mm -hmm. Now, the value of evaluating and assessing yourself is because I believe, and I found this in my own experience, and let me first of all, I want to congratulate the people that's on this phone because there all of us know some people who should be a part of this call, who should have you in their ear, Felipe. All of us know people that should be serious about developing themselves and getting a larger vision of themselves. Yes. The bottom line is, or the truth of the matter is, most people, if you ask them, do you want to become successful, they will tell you yes. Do you want to become wealthy? They will tell you yes. But the question is not whether or not you want that. The question is whether or not you expect that. Mm. Because if you want to become successful and you haven't become successful, if you want to be wealthy and you haven't become wealthy, then what that says is that the information that you have right now, your abilities, your talents, they have produced the best that you have at this point in time that you can do by yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, if you expect to go to another level, then you've got to be willing to be open to get some coaching, to get some guidance, to get some mentoring that can take you to a point where you can't take yourself. None of us can make it by ourselves. And I believe that most people fail, like over 90% of businesses fail in this country, because most people don't know what they don't know and they think they know. Mm. And Very if you good. you don't know what you don't know and you think you know, then you're not open to being on a call that you can hear an interview with someone that has done something that you have not done. Mm-hmm. Even if you believe the information. See, the reason that we are talking is that all of us in our heart of hearts, we believe what I'm about to say. Absolutely. All I'm going to do is confirm and validate that which is a part of the consciousness of everybody that's on the phone. My goal is is to get past the minds of the people on the phone and to get into their hearts. Mm. This is what my goal is. This is what I'm up to in this call that I'm engaged in right now. Because most of us, because of our minds, most of us, and I've discovered this about myself, and I've been involved in this work for over 20 years. I've earned over $52 million. Nobody could have told me, given my beginning, born in an abandoned building on a floor, uh, being adopted, identified as EMR, labeled educable, mentally retarded, I'm in the fifth grade, put back in the fourth grade, fail again when I was in the eighth grade, having no college training. No one could have convinced me I'm believing on Monday, Felipe, going to Australia. I will probably, uh, on the uh, three days later after being there, I'll probably earn in excess of $200,000 in a three-hour workshop that I'm giving there. No one could have convinced me 
that have the ability to just finish negotiating a contract on the phone with Marcia Snow out of San Diego that operates my San Diego office. Yes. I'm going to London, England to speak, and I will, uh, for this seminar that I'm doing called Step in Your Greatness, I will earn for my lecture fee $80,000 there. No one could have convinced me that I have the ability to do what I'm doing right now. Wow. Now, what happened is this. Even in, in, in the view of that, in the face of that, what I face is what I had faced recently is that all of us go so far in life and then we park. Mm. We park. And um, we don't even turn our emergency lights on. <laughs> And we don't we, we and, and we don't do that because we don't want to call attention to ourselves. Uh. See, we take some hits, we have some disappointments, we have some failures, we um, experience some setbacks in a very short time. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and passed. I, I went through a divorce from someone that I love very much. I was diagnosed with prostate cancer seven years ago, given a two to three year prognosis. I had a show that was highly touted a talk show, highly the the highest rated, fastest canceled talk show in the history of television. <laughs> you know, I took all these hits in a, in, in a two year period, and I parked. I went back to my comfort zone where the show was canceled. They canceled the show. I canceled myself. Mm. They said the show was not a good show, and I said I was not a good person for television. Wow. And so myself off. The path of pursuing a career in television um, is touting a, a process when I came into television was based upon conflict and controversy. Mm -hmm. I came in and say, hey, let's, you know, whatever you focus on, the longest becomes the strongest. So I, I had a concept of focusing on positive. The concept that Oprah and Dr. Phil are using now, that's my concept. Mm -hmm. But I parked. I took that failure that they said the show failed, and I took my—I saw myself as a failure, and I got off that path, and I went back to my comfort zone, and I made myself feel good by saying, well, at least I make $25,000 an hour as a speaker. Most people don't do that. The average American earns $21,000 a year. So I was comparing myself with people who had less talent, less money, less abilities than I did. You follow what I'm saying? Fascinating. To make myself feel good. The reason why, mo and as I talk about it, I'm becoming angry. Yes. I'm angry with myself. <laughs> I want to be clear on this guy. We had no crowd. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I can't tell you how to keep your bears together. <laughs> Tell you how to get on Parker, break you off a little sub sub up in there. That trade double hardy. Myself, can you believe it? Oh Lord. Back up in here. So let's see. Are you feeling a brother up in here? Absolutely. Can I get an amen? Yeah, can I get an amen? Amen tree. What I was talking about up in here. That I I parked. And believe me, let me tell you what happened. I'm looking at television a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. no, a few months ago, and saw Wayne Dyer on PBS. Yes. And I said, here we are both in our 60s, and I got jump-started. I said, wait, Wayne is still doing it. Wow. I called PBS and said, hey, this is Les Brown. I, I, I want to do a, a special. Said, Les Brown, Mrs. Mamie Brown's baby boy? And I said, yes. Where have you been? I said, well, I've been speaking for corporations less. Wow, you still doing it? Yes. I'd like to do another special call. It's in your hands. Oh, we'd love to do it. Man, it's been a long time. It's been 10 years. I said 
10 years? <laughs> My God, I had no idea. Wow. I said, 10 years? Man, I've been parked for 10 years. What if I had not been flipping the channels like you on that day and you saw me and I didn't see Wayne Dyer? I, had di I would have died with that special. That idea still in me. Ooh, man. yes. You follow what I'm saying? Oh, God, yes. And so mm. let me just say to those of you that's on this phone, I'm going to say some things to you that's going to conflict with your belief system and your conditioning. But don't listen to me with your mind. Listen to me with your heart. The Bible says where your heart is, there your treasure is also. I looked at Dr. Norman Vincent Peale and Zig Ziglar and Wayne Dyer and, and Leo Biscaya and John Bradshaw and PBS, and I said, whoa. I could do that. I like to help people. Mm -hmm. But then my mind said, wait a minute, Les Brown, you don't have a college education. Wait a minute, Les Brown, you're not rich. Hey, you live at home with your mama. Hey, Les, you don't have the complexion of connection. <laughs> you can't do that. So for 14 years, and I came up with the, all these practical, logical, realistic reasons, and they were valid reasons. I didn't have a college education. I never worked for a major corporation. I did not have a book. I was not wealthy. I was not successful. These were valid, rational reasons. So you can become very rational, and, and that is a block to your following your heart. So Fascinating. I was listening to my mind. I think it's the reason that, that Scripture says you must walk by faith and not by sight. I was following my mind and not my heart. And as a result of that, for over 14 years, I procrastinated. I, if you've ever thought about doing something and you put it off, then, then you know what I'm talking about. You can identify with me if you've yes. ever procrastinated. Well, so I was parked and I got jump-started. Now, this is most recent for me. And and then I put together another special, and now I'm training and developing speakers, and I'm and I'm reinventing myself. Mm -hmm. And I and I didn't even know I Park what happened. I took some hits, and 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 when I when my mother died, and when I went through the divorce, and the show was canceled, and I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, I needed a standing eight count. I should have gone to a quarter to assess myself. Mm. But I didn't do that. Mm. I, I kept slugging. I kept swinging. Um, you, I don't know if you ever saw Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> Absolutely. Paul Newman, you understand what I'm saying? I'm swinging at the wall. <laughs> go down. You know, I have on one of my tapes, life knocks you down, try and land on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. I hope you're taping this. I like this. You know, I'm going to send you the tape. I send the brother the tape. Can you hook a brother? I'll hook you up, Les. That's what we talk about. So anyhow, can you do believe I do this for a living? I do, I do. But tonight I'm doing it for the Lord, but it came out special. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I wish for you. I wish for y'all I lived the kind of life I live. I know what I do so much. <coughs> but let me tell you what I'm doing oh. here. So, so, so if you've ever been parked, then you understand what I'm talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Listen to me with your heart. So you got to assess yourself. Now, to my whole thing is, and, and, and I'm living, I believe it's about living life with a sense of urgency. Aurelia said, stop living like you have a thousand years to live. See, if you assess yourself, and if your life is not giving you what you want to, what you believe in your heart of hearts that you deserve, mm -hmm. here's what I want you to do. I, I'm doing a, I do a training called Step Into Your Greatness. And one of the processes that changed my life years ago, 20 years ago, and I want to give you this process right now. I want you, if you had, if we had more time and I was doing a workshop with you, I would do this process with you. And I want you to just answer this question as best you can in your mind right now. 
if you had six months to a year to live, what would you do with your life right now? And what would you do right now that you're not doing? I want you to think about that for just a moment. Mm. What would you do if you if a doctor looked at you and said, you've got six months to a year to live, would you keep the same job? Will you stay in your marriage if you're married? Would you do the same thing that you're now doing? How would you use your time? Now, and let's say we had 20 to 30 minutes to ponder that. Uh-huh. And that's what I did, and that's what I give people when I do the workshop. Uh-huh. That what I would say to you, and I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version right now, uh-huh. that whatever that is, whatever came up for you, do as much of that every day that you possibly can, But because, because for all you know, this could be the last day that you have on earth. Uh-huh. I got a call this morning. My doctor, now five months ago, my doctor, Dr. Alfred Gosen, who was the head of oncology at Harvard University, who gave me 238 radiation seed implants. I was coming back from London, England, to be examined by him for some new technology they developed, and he had died that day. I called his wife. Amy Golson, who was my entertainment attorney, and said, Amy, I'm sorry to hear about Alfred. And she said, Les, you guys never finished that book, did you? You never even got started, did you? Mm. And I said, no. No, I'm sorry. We did not. And so so his portion of the book died with him. You know, but one of the things I'm teaching people, live full and die empty. Absolutely. Okay, now, so let's go come today. So this morning I get up, I call... To, I'm going to Australia next week for for um, for three weeks, and one of the goals that I had before leaving the planet, I want to work with some Aborigines. So mm-hmm. I've got some salespeople I'm working with over there, but I but I want to see some Aborigines up close and personal, and I'm going out into the bush and I'm doing some training with them. That's one of the things I want to do before I leave the planet. Wow. Well, I called my doctor to, 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 hey, look, I'm flying over, and I was going to ask him some suggestions of what I should do in terms of my adjustment and time change and, and my sleep deprivation because I've been sl- suffering from sleep apnea. I've mm-hmm. got here half awake. I haven't even been fully awake, mm. all right, and didn't even know it. So I called, and Dr. Hutchison, unbeknownst to me, died yesterday. Now, Dr. Gosa died. Dr. Hutchison was 37, 38. Wow. Young brother, dynamic brother. You hear me? Yes. Blew me away, man. I've had, I've had my stomach has been upset all day. Wow. Like just nervous butterflies in my stomach. And, and, and I'm saying, you know, I don't know how much time i got left, but I know there's some things that I'm, I'm up to with my life. Part of the reason that I'm developing and promoting uh, other speakers is, is about volume and velocity. My goal is to create a positive virus, to, to reverse the HIV virus out of here right now, the hood-infected virus mm. that's affecting our young people, to, to begin to reverse the AIDS epidemic, addiction to incarceration and death syndrome that we see with our young people dressing like they just got out of jail or on the way to jail. So, so, <laughs> yes, so, yes. So, so to create some other voices of hope and help to get, begin to expand the visions of people because God said to Abraham, I'll give you all your eyes can see. So, so assessing myself and looking at 
where I want to go, and I want you to begin to look at yourself and decide that you're going to live full and that you're going to die empty and that you're going to walk by faith and not by sight. One thing I tell people, leap and grow your wings on the way down. Mm. If there's an argument between your mind and your heart, follow your heart. For where, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. As I speak to you, that, that there's some of you right now, you can feel me in your heart, you can feel me in your guts, because there's some stuff you showed up, and I believe this, man, in all my heart, that everybody that's supposed to be on this phone, they're on this phone. Yes, and sir. The message is not for everybody. Yes, sir. The people that are on this phone are the people that my message is in their hearts already, that like attracts like, and that, that we're branches of the same tree, and we're, we're cut from the same cloth. And so there are people, if you, if you force them on the phone and put the receiver to their ear, it won't resonate with them because mm. it's not in them. It's not who they are. Yes. So everybody's here that's supposed to be here. And so, so my job, my mission, my assignment, and those who I'm assigned to are on this phone right now is to get past your mind and get into your heart to help to activate the power in your heart to begin to follow your dream. And it won't make sense to a lot of people around you. And the reason it won't make sense to them, because it wasn't given to them. It mm -hmm. was given to you. God said, I will give you all your eyes can see. Not all your friends and your family members' eyes can see. I will give you all your eyes can see. So don't expect people to see it for you. It wasn't given to them. Don't expect people to approve your dream and this idea that you have. Yeah. Because you need to approve yourself. I hope I'm making sense to you on that. Okay? Absolutely. So, so as you look at your stuff, you've got to assess yourself. As you look at your goals and your dreams, the most important thing, and this is a very important step in, into creating a wealth mindset and, and to achieving your goals and, and, and developing a millionaire consciousness. And when I talk about a millionaire consciousness, I'm not talking about just earning money. I'm just talking about living life on your terms and doing the things that you want to do, making an impact on the planet, leaving a legacy, um, showing up for yourself and representing yourself and doing that which was put in you before the beginning of time. Then you were sent here. You survived one out of 40 million sperm. You were born to win. Yes. You were given something that you brought to the planet that was not here before you showed up. That's what I'm talking about up in here. Absolutely. So, so as we begin to look at your stuff, the most important step, the first step is don't ask yourself how you're going to do it, whatever goal and dream that you have. How is none of your business? There's a reason that in the book of life it says, lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Don't ask yourself how. Because if, when I looked at Dr. Norman Vincent Peale and I saw him speaking, Robert Shuler, my heart said, I can do that. My mind asked how, and for 14 years I lived in my mind. I was trying to figure it out. So, so you don't want to live in your, your mind. You want to live in your heart. The most important step is don't ask how. The most important step is the first step is developing that millionaire consciousness and to achieving your goals and doing the things that you have in your heart to do is to commit yourself to do it. That's the first step. Once you make the commitment, then the how will come, the way will come. Commit thy work unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So once you make the commitment, the way will come, the how will come, the resources, the things, the money, everything you need to make it come into reality will show up for you. Now, but before you get it, there are some tests that life will give you. And, and those tests are not to deny you, but those tests, tests are designed to prepare you. Mm. When you get on an airplane, before you take off, what's the first thing they tell you to do before they take off? 
they tell you in case of an emergency, this is what you do. Get the oxygen mask and put it on yourself first. Before you take off, what's the first thing they tell you before they take off? When they close the door, what do they tell you? Oh, fasten your seatbelts. Yes, indeed. (laughs) You will experience some turbulence before you reach a comfortable altitude. Absolutely. when you have a goal and dream of something you want, you're going to go to another level in life. You're going to another vibration. That's right. So you're going to experience some turbulence. So you've got to buckle in. You've got to buckle in mentally and emotionally and spiritually because you're going to go through some stuff. Well, see, they don't teach us that in school. In no, fact, they don't. When I came into this industry, people just tell you, just think positive and be enthusiastic, and everything will work out all right. <laughs> just affirm and visualize. <laughs> oh, no, life's going to put some dots on your head. <laughs> not strange that you will face the fiery furnaces of this world. <laughs> you will try have tribulations. Yes, and indeed. Children, let me tell you, you will have quadruple tribulations. <laughs> That's a whole call, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let me back up in here. You said don't, don't find drama. Drama will find you. Let the record show. <laughs> let me true that, true that, true that. <laughs> No, you don't. No, you don't promise that. The thing is this, man, that you're going to go through some stuff, and life is testing you. But there are a lot of people that that they start running. Your life got a hammer lock on my head. Why am I here? I want to buy my mama a home. What? Yes. 
A lot of people do that. A lot of people go to jobs. 87% of Americans go to jobs that they hate, and at the same time, they hope that they don't get fired. Well, you know, that's fascinating. Think about all the people who were on 9, uh, you know, during 9-11, all those people that had to go to jobs that they didn't like, and they didn't come home that night. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and so when you imagine working on a job that you hate, you don't like it, you're overworked, underpaid, and at the same time, you hope you don't get laid off. Mm. Right? Mixed emotions. Seeing somebody you hate drive off a cliff in your car. You know, you, you're glad they go, but not in your car. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Oh, anywho. You ain't right, Les. Yes. So, so you're going to have to. Oh, God. You, you're going to go <laughs> through some stuff. I'm telling you, I mean, people you that you have relationships with, that they might start acting out. Kids start acting like they're aliens, and they are. Stuff's going to happen to you. I don't know. It's not personal. Don't say, well, why did that have to have to have to happen to me? Why not you? Who would you suggest? <laughs> you know, you want to give us some names and some email addresses. <laughs> to you. Maybe because you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to go. I couldn't go there all day, but I'd go there, but I had to go there. You had to go there, Les. Not on homeless people. I'm telling you, because I'm one of them. <laughs> no, I don't like <laughs> And I said, I love to help people. Mm -hmm. And in our community, 
I, I decided that I didn't want to go the traditional route. I want you to get a larger vision of yourself. I, do, I believe do not go where the path may lead, but go where there's no path and leave a trail. Mm-hmm. So in our community, if you could say two or three words and don't stumble, the first thing people say, you ought to be a minister. <laughs> you know, we've got more bishops and pastors and apostles now than, than, than anything I've ever seen. Where all these apostles and bishops come from overnight? That's right. That's in our communities. If you can say two or three words, they say you ought to have a, a, a church. You know, they got the ministry of, of parking lot, the ministry of the bathroom. No, you can't want to help people. So I decided <sighs> I wanted to do it a different kind of way. Okay. I wanted, you know, do things for people that have to pass a collection plate begging people. No, I, I needed prayer. So. <laughs> Not where they give you love offer with proof they don't love you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get paid. I won't be that. Do you charge? You know, I'll be able to Xerox and AT&T, Procter & Gamble, Big Donald Trump. They don't say, do you charge? You know, they pay you. They pay you. Yeah. I love it. I love it, Les. So, so I had a larger vision of myself. Absolutely. And, and write this out. Sometimes you got to be intelligently ignorant. Education and Mike, he earns over sixty thousand dollars a month. Mike is a speaker. He's an entrepreneur. He owns three restaurants. He's a property manager. And and, and one of the he, we gave a speech together at New Birth Baptist Church here in Atlanta. And he said, "You're failing in life because you see too much." Whoa, whoa! He said, and listen to this quote. This is worth writing down. He said, "Most people are challenged by what they see." I am inspired by what I envision. Woo! Come on, my brother. Yes, sir. Yeah. So here's a guy that is it. who's been blind since he's 10. Wow. And he's earning over $60,000 a month with his eyes closed. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Are you feeling the brother up in here? Are we having Sunday on Wednesday? <laughs> I'm not supposed to sleep on my back. So don't y'all take my idea. <laughs> I, 
so I came up with an idea. Brainstorming with somebody, I'm going to create a T-shirt that has a sack in the back of it. So you put a a, a pillow in the back of the T-shirt. So if I roll over on my back, it's so uncomfortable because of the pillow, it would make me go back on my side. Mm. It would train me how to sleep on my side because I'm not supposed to sleep on my back because my breathing is far more difficult when I'm sleeping on my back. you follow what I'm saying? Understood. And there's never a shortage of, 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 of money, just a shortage of ideas. Mm. So right now, we're, we're talking about next year, this time, 67% of the jobs in this country will be permanent part-time jobs with no health benefits. That's right. So so this is a time where this is a, a thinker's economy. Yes. We're in a global economy. So this is a time for people to think and to do exactly what you're doing, to, to have ideas, to generate ideas, to have collaborative sessions of this nature where we can begin to talk about things that we want to do with our lives and talk with people who've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, and <laughs> let me know when y'all have the relationship seminar. And so learn some stuff. You understand what a brother talking about up in here? So, so, but the key, the people that, that, that have their dreams become reality and do something with their talents, abilities, and skills are people who've decided it's necessary That's that right. I do this. That's right. That's I decided, right. man. I had to <coughs> I had to. I had all this stuff in me. I have to. Man, I've got to go into prisons and juvenile detention centers. Yes. Before I leave this planet, I've got to train others what I have learned and how to create magic at the podium and how to mesmerize an audience or how to tell their story and how to leverage their knowledge and experiences and, and, and be able to create a fortune for themselves. I've got to see Nelson Mandela before I leave the planet mm -hmm. and talk with him. I've got to train the Aborigines. I don't believe that God has spared me from a life of poverty and prostate cancer. I was supposed to have been gone seven years ago, and I'm still here because of his grace and mercy. I don't believe that I'm supposed to just help those who have get more. Yes. I've got to be on phone with people like the people you have on it. I've got to be available to you. I can't say, excuse me, Felipe, who? Come on, you knew me when. Mm. i got to do this, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's been good to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I had some other points, about seven or other eight of them. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, but I've said enough. Let's ask, let them open up the lines and let them ask us some questions. Ladies and gentlemen, open up your lines and make, uh, have some. <laughs> <laughs> Ask, talk to Les, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hit six on your uh, phone to unmute your lines and come on on out of the call and say hello to Les Brown. Hi. Ain't nobody out there, man. We've been talking yeah, about hi. this. <laughs> uh, hi, Les. This is Wendy uh, in California. Hey, how are you? Hey, fine, good. I'm, I'm just so floored by your by your speaking. It's actually hard to think of questions because. You're answering so many of them so beautifully. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like every time I think of something, it's like, well, then the answer comes. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. But I, I did want to ask, uh, you know, I was thinking about the principle. I actually recovered from a, a long-term illness and uh, sort of cheated death, and, and I feel the same way as you, that I've been given a second chance and I want to help people. And when I think of what I'd like to do if I had six months to live, I think, you know, I'll just go crazy. I'll go all over the world trying to help people. And that I would um, actually end up incurring a lot of debt in doing that. And I was wondering if you had, um, like, a, you know, like practical advice, like how you can follow your heart but also, um, you know, not blow up or something. <laughs> you know what I well, mean? Well, 
give me one example of something you would do if you knew you had six months to a year to live. Oh, give me. Um, gosh, I think you know if I, I think if I had the money, I would fly myself all around and go to places like what you do, and and try to give people the message, you know, because I because God has been good to me too. I, I am correct. But but, but 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 let's look at it another way. Rather than fly all around and do that. Because that would cost. Remember, there's never a shortage of money, there's a shortage of ideas. What we know is if we don't know anything else, Al Qaeda has proved us that people do go to the Internet, and, and, and you most certainly can create a platform and have a, more people are watching the, their computers than are watching television right now. So you can decide that, that you're going to do a, a, a website called ProjectHope.com. And, and, and you use that as a platform to talk to people and sharing with them ideas that from your life experiences on how they can begin to live life like they mean it. Mm. So you're doing the same thing. More people are sitting at computers, and, and you know, you, they, they advertise movies on television right now, and they tell you you can go to the Internet and you can see previews of the movie. They're, they're looking at sporting events on television right now. You can get everything. You can get live uh, television streaming on, on your computer right now. All of the ministries, the major ministries right now, can be seen on the Internet. So you can create your own platform there and talk to people around the world in the comfort of your home getting your word out there. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay? I, I Remember, don't worry about how you're going to do it. Make the commitment that, you, as George Washington Carver would say, do what you can where you are with what you have until you drop. Mm, that's great. Okay? That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much for your question. Anybody else? Hello. Uh, yes. Hello? Hi. Hi. This is Anita. How are you? I'm doing better than good, Anita Boo. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, my dad used to call me that. <laughs> you have, I have been just laughing my tail off. I can't write down the comments fast enough. But I had to, um, I had to tell you that I truly believe and I understand and I'm, I'm living uh, when you discuss going through and the things that you have to go through and, and the reasons why you do those things. And I've decided, or I finally came to um, the conclusion that I was going to stop hiding behind the fear of doing what I wanted to do and just go ahead and do it. And I am doing that right now. And, and Philippe actually is my coach. And so because of you, Philippe is there. Philippe is now reaching out, and he's helping me, and I'm benefiting from it. And I just wanted to let you know that I am appreciative and grateful for you through Philippe for all that you have brought to all of us out here, and you are truly amazing. Well, that is so kind of you. Wow. And, 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 um, and that's what it's about, our helping each other, because you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. Wow. <clears throat> you have to have coaching. But most people, because of pride, pride cometh before fall because of ego. Ego means edging God out. Will not ask for help. My philosophy is ask for help, not because you're weak, but because you want to remain strong. And ask for help and don't stop until you get it. So... You know, I, my hat's off to you that you're willing to reach out. I'm here where I am because I asked some people for some help, and and they saw me and saw some stuff in me at a time when I was struggling to believe in the stuff that I have myself. And sometimes you have to believe in somebody's belief in you until your belief kicks in. Incredible. Any other questions, please? Oh uh, yes. Hello, Les. Yes. Uh, this is Roland. Hi, Roland. 
How you doing? I'm doing better than good. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Where are you calling in from, Rolling? Somebody said it that on my job today. Uh, you said do what you love. And, you know, I like speaking and help empowering people. And the question I really had was do you have to have a platform? I guess you kind of answered saying you can create your own platform, but don't you have to have somebody else to help you create that platform? Well, you do have somebody else to help you create it. You have God. He said, I never and I, and I know that. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, that's what mentoring and coaching is for. But you, you, um, we have a go to my website lesbrown.com. We, we, we take we have three levels, I think four levels of, of showing people who want to number one, go into business for themselves as a consultant, as a speaker, as a trainer, and how to take their knowledge. Doctor Field and Joel Osteen out of out of Houston, Texas is is making the market even more. There not only are the numbers out there, but the mindset, the psychographics are greater today than ever before. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying to the young speakers that I'm developing in training because this is a transition year for me. I'm 60 years old, and so it's time for me to step back and and train and develop others how to do this. And and I can just tell you, my goodness, I, I look at what the market potential is now versus when I started out 25 years ago. I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's growing and exploding. And who would have thought? thought, thought uh, who would have convinced me? And I started out 25 years ago. My third year, I made a billion dollars. Took me three years to learn how to make a million dollars. Now I remember this, Les. I can I can teach you how to do it less than that. I remember you said you made one million six hundred thousand sixty nine dollars and ten cents. That's right, and and and, I, and the reason <laughs> it took me three years because I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm. You know, but uh, but I had some coaching that helped me to to accelerate that. Mike Williams, who's still my mentor to this day. Mm-hmm. But and what we're doing now is, and he's doing the training with me here. We're going to be in Atlanta. We're doing a speaker training in in, in November. November sometime. Yeah, that we're that we're collapsing that time because we've done it. You know, we've we've been there and done that and bought the T-shirt. So it's time to pass the baton before I get one foot on a banana peeling and the other one in the graveyard. Mm. Yeah, but the um, but I would say to you, if this if this is your passion, Roland, um, to is. investigate it, um, to get our tapes, get my tapes, go to my website and uh, called Choosing Your Future. I encourage you to make that a part of your arsenal, and it will help you to begin to align yourself in, in being on purpose with your dream and move you in the direction of where you want to go with the emotional energy and stamina that's going to be required. Thank you. Yes, sir, thank you. Any other questions, please? Questions, comments to Les Brown. Les, talk to me about Hello. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Hi, this is Jean. Hi, Jean. Hi, you didn't make you didn't make a rhyme for my name like you did everybody else. I'm just doing like a thousand times better. I've been laughing so hard, I just can't believe it. And <laughs> laughter is the best medicine, isn't it? Yes, it is. They said that that, that um, laughter is inner jogging. In fact. I study the area of psychoneuroimmunology, and they said one minute of anger weakens the immune system for four to five hours. Mm. One minute of anger and one minute of laughter boosts the immune system for over 24 hours. So after tonight's call, y'all ain't going to get sick for these years. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. Oh my gosh! As we're winding this down, Les, talk to uh, talk to us about 
really the power of mentoring and coaching and the impact that's had on your life because I know you've had some amazing coaches and mentors. Yes, my first mentor, of course, my mother. I feel like Abraham Lincoln has said, all that I am and all that I ever hope to be, I owe to my mother. Yes. And my mother's example, here she, this woman at age 46, only a third grade education, and she adopted seven children. You know, so she she showed me the value of, of being a risk taker, of of, um, of being able to walk by faith and not by sight. The next one is Mr. Washington. I talked to him for about an hour. I met him my junior year in high school. He was in special education. He was a substitute instructor. Mm-hmm. He asked me to do something, and, and I asked me to work a problem on I said, sir, I can't do that. He said, why? I said, I'm not one of your students. I'm, I'm waiting on Mac Arthur Stevens, who is in this class. And he said, no, work the problem out anyhow. And I said, I can't do that, sir. And he said, why? I said, sir, because I'm educable, mentally retarded. And he came from behind his desk as the students are laughing, and he said, don't ever say that again. Somebody's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. Yes. And so he really became my mentor from that time. I just latched myself onto him, even though I was not one of his students, because when you're in special education, you're never mainstream where you can go to classes with all the, all the other students. But one of the things that Mr. Washington taught me, and I believe this very strongly, he said that most people fail in life not because they aim too high and miss. Most people fail in life because they aim too low and hit. Mm. And many don't aim at all. Wow. We were talking about people being parked today Yes. for about an hour and a half. He's in his 80s now. He's blind from glaucoma, but he still has a lot of spirit energy. And so, but what what I realized with Mr. Washington and with Mike Williams, who I met years later in in, in Columbus, Ohio, when I was a disc jockey at WVKO radio station, where I was less proud the man about town. And as a result of that relationship, he caused me to reinvent myself. Where I went to becoming a disc jockey to a community activist and radio commentator, and then I ran for the Ohio legislature and was elected to three terms until I resigned to, to go take care of my mother. Is that we, in order for us to get to the next level, all of us, as Joe Frazier once said many years ago, are like a blind man standing on a corner waiting for someone to lead us across. And all of us get to a point where our vision is blurred, and we know in our heart of hearts we can do more, and we're stuck. And that's when we have to be open to getting some coaching and getting mentoring to take us to the next level. You know, where would uh, a, a Michael Jordan be in history of basketball, were it not for Phil Jackson, Muhammad Ali, were it not for an Angelo Dundee, that that all of them, the great performers, great athletes, great um, actors, all of them had directors, they had coaches, they had mentors. So, so you can't get there by yourself. That's right. The Lone Ranger had Tato. <laughs> <laughs> you need some help to get to the next level. Amen. Yes. Fantastic. Les, how can people get in contact with you? Well, my website is lesbrown.com, and I encourage them to get... Um, I, I got a new book called Up Thoughts for Down Times, as you know. My first book called Live Your Dreams, and it's not over till you win. You can get all that on the website. The set of tapes I encourage people to get is uh, the tapes that I like them and I don't like them. It's, it's the last set of tapes I did. It's called Choosing Your Future. It's possible. It's necessary. It's you. It's hard. It's worth it. It's done. It's six different tapes. Those are the tapes that I said, and this is perhaps why I haven't been able to psychologically bring myself 
to do anymore that my staff, when I was going to do the talk show, I wasn't going to speak anymore. And mm. they said, well, if you're not going to speak anymore, would you do one last series that would be the last thing, if you thought you were going to die, what would be your last work that you would do? And that's, I did it with that kind of thinking. So uh, it took me a week between each one. I thought about it. I prayed about it. I fast to, to do each one of those particular um presentations and over a six week period I, all my others all of my other presentations I created them on the spot but I think I, I put more into those than anything I know I did and I encourage people to get that as they think about their dreams and their goals and it will confirm and validate things that you have in your mind already but faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and it goes from your conscious mind to your heart and it will begin to activate your heart you'll feel my passion and energy because I'm working through some stuff then myself and 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 that series helped me to begin to propel myself to the next level and we've had thousands of people from around the world who've talked about the value and the impact those tapes have had on them so they can get that at lesbrow.com and I also encourage you or someone you care about that you know that has an interest and improving their presentation skills or improving their speaking or want to get into the speaking business or seminar business to see the program that we're offering in November in Atlanta and, and um, to become a part of the mentoring and training program that Mike Williams, my mentor, and I will be conducting in Atlanta. And all of that's on Les, at lesbrown.com. Fantastic. How are your kids? My kids are doing great. My, my praying little uh, bootleg evangelist is right here with me. <laughs> She's there. This is a praying as well. She's here. She, well, you know, I'm very, very blessed because five of my seven children are speakers. But the other thing is that they, uh, this one, she is the most prolific writer. She's a speech writer. She could just go. She's she's a great speaker too. I'm a trained and mentor her on, on speaking. But it's it, my kids are doing extremely well. God has blessed me. So well with my wonderful children, and got nine grandchildren too. Wow! Yeah. Wow, that's a blessing. So it's time for me to spend more time with my grandchildren and my children, and, and pass the baton to to the other ones out here, people who have a message in their hearts that they want to take out here to the planet. Les Brown, as you know, you have been an inspiration to me for uh, many, many years. I would not be doing what I'm doing if it were not for that uh, fateful night. Uh, that prosperous night when I saw you on PBS, and I, I just want to say to you, thank you uh, for showing up this way. Well, listen, I want to thank you. And you know what I like, what I what inspires me. If those of you that are listening, if you got any value out of tonight, I don't want you to just email me and say, hey, um, I, I enjoy what you said. Email me at less at lessbrown dot com. And, and and what was the takeaway? You know, mm. What was the breakthrough for you? Yes. I enjoy reading those things. Les at lesbrown.com. L-E-S at lesbrown.com. I appreciate it. want to thank you for who you are, for your being a vessel of hope and, and whatever role that I played in, in sprinkling some, some inspiration on you. I feel very humbled um, to have done that, and, and I'm just encouraged by you, and you are an inspiration to me, and I want to thank you for the work that you're doing and the people that have joined you and have this collective vision. I want to say to all of you that's on the phone with me tonight, it's no accident that you're on this phone, that we are together, and as I connect with you heart to heart, remember, shoot for the moon, because even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. This has been Mrs. Mamie Brown's baby boy and Felipe's pride and joy. Oh, I love you so much. Oh, I love you Thank so much. You. God bless you. I appreciate you. God bless everyone. Take care. Good night, everyone.